This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Welcome to Seniors Today, a talk show focused on what seniors and their families need to know to live their very best lives. I'm Denise Vaughn, the administrator at HomeWatch Caregivers in Naperville, and with me is my co-host, Alan Hoffman, the co-owner of Oasis Senior Advisors. Staying social is one of the best ways older adults can stay healthy and physically active and mentally active. And now, especially with the pandemic, it's always a challenge to stay in touch, especially if the weather is bad or people are sick. So we are trying to really talk about all the things people can do to stay healthy, stay active, and stay social. And today we have two guests that we're really excited to talk to. Um, our first guest is Brian Foster. He's a retired owner of a senior home care company and is also the current president of the Naperville Lyle Triad. And our other guest is a very active senior that we've met through numerous online chats. Her name is Denny Hosh, and she's a senior who is very, very active physically when we're not in the pandemic, and now she's found ways to keep her life full while we're staying um, more isolated. So welcome, Brian. Welcome, Denny. Both of you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> we're so glad you could be here. I think we'd like to start with you, Brian, because you talked to so many seniors, you know, both, you know, in your career and then now um, as a leader for the, the triad. You know, tell us a little bit about what some of the challenges you're seeing with seniors staying socially active these days. Well, you know, the first challenge is one that we all faced, and that is our comfort zone, our lifestyle. Everything that connected us to our world, our family, changed. Nothing was remained untouched. And there may be a couple of individuals that say that's not true for me, but for most of us, our world was turned upside down. So the first obstacle is us being able to overcome that disruption in who for many, many years we were. And so that, that's really the first challenge. Um, and that is really, it was your family. You remember what we had to go through with family coming to the windows, coming to the doors to visit, to say hello. Uh, not a lot of people could get that done. And so that I think is the biggest challenge is we had to overcome that hurdle. And we had to learn ways to overcome that hurdle. I'm telling you for three months, I sat back, thought this thing was gonna be done. Huh? I mean, Denny, I mean, I talked to you guys before. Really, it was one that, hey, three months, that's it. This is the, and then we're back. And, and so we've had to learn to overcome that, if you, if you follow me. And, and so you know, we had to learn tools to do just that. No, you're so right. We thought that we could brave anything for a few weeks or a few months, and now it's going on a year. And I think a lot of us have adapted really, really well. Um, you know, Denny, we, we know you are actually part of um, a social group, a, a chat, an online group. But tell us some of the ways that you've really you know, adapted and, and stayed social? Well, I found one of the biggest things is I'd call my daughter every day. She'd call me. When we started video calls, 
I felt like I was with her. It's real important in connecting with seniors to actually see them. So that's a big help for families to remember when they're talking to their parents. Let them see you as well. Denny, I'm curious, one of the things, actually, Brian and Denny both, you could probably address this question, but we've read, we've heard on radio about seniors who are depressed, etc. I'm sure you've seen friends that are in that. What have you done to help them, to kind of pull them up, maybe be more positive? How about you, Denny? Well, I mean, calling friends on the phone uh, is important. And I don't do that as often as I should. I find I'm, I'm more geared toward like online Zoom bingo, which the Senior Center runs once a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian's uh, Circle of Friends. Um, we had a trivia group that met this morning. Um, those are the kinds of things I really like. But I'm talking to my senior friends, you know, I explain, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing these things. And just this morning, I was talking to one of my friends and she said, well, I don't have um, Wi-Fi and I don't want to use the data on my phone. So the biggest hurdle is getting seniors involved with technology, even getting onto this meeting today. I had problems, but I, I stick with it. And I find in technology repetition is the key. So mm-hmm. I keep trying. No, but you bring up a great point. You know, I, um, I was looking and it says about 73% of seniors or older adults, 65 and plus use the internet, but you know, Denny, you brought up a good point. They may have been doing it at the senior center or at the library and their home may not have been set up for that. And, and the one thing, if you don't have it, it's hard to even find the social activities to participate. I mean, I wanted to ask you, how did you even find out about these social groups to begin with? How do our, how do our families find out about these? Well, see, I found out from emails that the senior center sent out. But if you don't have the ability to get emails, phone calls from friends is about the only way you can find out or contact Triad or the senior center and ask what's going on. Explain you don't have emails. When I've talked to a number of people and um, they go on that they don't have the internet and they haven't had the technology training and they have a phone and they don't feel comfortable using it, um, I always remind them, go back to when you were young, write a letter. You have the ability to send a short note out. Um, You have the ability to say to your grandkids or great grandkids, hey, I could use a little help here. There's some things going on that I'd like to know about. And if you don't have individuals who are able to help you through some of the technology gaps, uh, there's a program in Naperville called Technology Assist Naperville. And, um, you know, that is a program you can call. And they have volunteers here from the Illinois, um, 
Naperville area, they're going to help you. And, and so a lot of those excuses we need to break down. Um, I hope our youths and our schools will realize that, hey, 20 minutes with grandma on the phone uh, or going over there safely, of course, if possible, can really change a life um, and help that individual get through this, but better than that, to thrive. I mean, we're looking for people to thrive and, and enjoy this. Um, well, I think it's so interesting about how, you know, as we talk about staying social, you know, most of our conversation has been about the technology, which we would have never thought that, you know, a year ago. I'd love to talk a little bit about what some of the in-person things people can still do to, to stay social. Because I know um, those of us that are in the senior community still are working on events and making them as safe as possible. Can um, any of you guys share some of the things that we're still trying to do to be social and even if we're physically distanced? Well, a wonderful thing that uh, Triad did this year, we use, they usually throw a huge Christmas party every year at the senior center. And they bring in a high school choral group and we sit on Santa's lap and um, play bingo. It's a lot of fun. This year, they had the brilliant idea we were going to do drive-through Santa. It was so nice. We pulled into a parking lot. They took a picture with Santa. I even took the picture they took and made a Christmas card out of it this year. Um, you know, that was... I think the thing that impressed us most was we still had the Christmas get together and it was totally safe. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun, you know, and there's also drive-by celebrations. You've seen many of them have gone on um, where, um, you know, groups are going to drive by for birthdays or graduations or things. And mm -hmm. in January and February, those are things that uh, all of us could get together with our families or even neighbors and, try and set it up. If you have somebody who is, who's confined and really can't get out, that's something that friends can take care of. And, you know, that's the other way to overcome all of this and to stay social um, is just be a good friend. Go ahead and make that call. Somebody you haven't talked to for a while, you know, um, send a note to your neighbor. And those are things you can do just to, to connect. And then maybe there's some way we can get together and brainstorm and help out if you follow what I'm saying. I wanted to share an example because Brian, you talked about what all the seniors have gone through. Uh, I'd like to take this moment just to encourage seniors that listen, you can overcome technology. And I got a great example. My mother-in-law who's 91 lives in an independent living community. Back in May, we bought her an Alexa. Um, it was actually quite challenging for me to get the Wi-Fi to work. That was a whole nother issue. <laughs> but after a couple of months, um, she was using the Alexa for weather. She was using it to phone uh, other sibling or her other children, in other words. And so I was kind of blown away. A 90-year-one old lady who at times is uh, can be quite negative, but she's overcome it. She loves it. And she actually watches less TV now, I think, because of, of her Alexa. So for your, you seniors out there, you can use technology. And Brian, you mentioned uh, the Naperville program. So there are resources out there for you. 
you know, we're all in this together. One of the things I love about being a senior and my colleagues is we've been through a lot. Some of our young people, our, our young children, our grandkids, even our, our, our kids, they don't understand some of the things that we've already walked through. We know that there's gonna be an end. It's a lot longer than we thought, but think of all of the, the depressions and the wars. I mean, all of this that we've walked through and got to that end. They need our courage. They need our encouragement. No, I think, you know what, Brian, I think you nailed it, which is to say, I think we are so grateful for the things that we've been able to do. I think it's making us appreciate how important it is to be social. I mean, how many of us have said, oh, I don't feel like doing that. I don't wanna participate. I'm not gonna sign up for that. And now we know sometimes when that's taken away from us, how important it is to actually do these things. So on the other side of it, I can't wait till things get a little bit more normal and there's more vaccinations and we're all able to do things outside again. Cause I have a feeling now the attendance is just gonna go through the roof on things. I can't thank you guys enough for really taking such an important thing we should all be doing and make it sound so encouraging. Can't wait till we can all be together again in person. Love that um, everybody's being so resilient and flexible. And thank you all for joining the show. We'll be right back with more seniors today. concept is where hospitality meets medicine. So we specialize solely in short-term rehab. So for patients that are in the hospital and they need post-acute care, our setting is skilled nursing care. They'll basically come from the hospital to our center. So they're there for a very short amount of time, typically two to three weeks on average. So really the whole point is finding a place where they can temporarily stay and then go home. That's always the goal. With customized care plans and the best rehab technology, the in-house Thrive Therapy team provides physical, occupational, and speech therapy by licensed professionals. Care at Thrive goes beyond the realm of orthopedics. Our services include 24-hour nursing care for a number of different needs. So there's cardiac care needs, there's respiratory care needs, infectious disease care needs. It's not just surgery based. We're very open-minded to what we can handle acuity wise. And I think that's another reason why the Thrive brand stands out. Accommodations matter in recovery. And at Thrive, the amenities are first class with private rooms, extra wide beds, and cuisine care. We have an entirely different restaurant concept from any other skilled nursing facility. We have a hospitality staff servicing the guests. So we have waiters and waitresses and hostesses servicing our guests so the clinical team could focus on the clinical care. We'd like to create an actual enjoyable restaurant-like environment. At Thrive, the difference is in the details, providing guests with everything they need to heal faster, and get home sooner.
This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Welcome back to Seniors Today. I'm Denise Vaughn, the administrator at HomeWatch Caregivers Home Care, and with me is my co-host, Lisa Stover, the founder of Presto Real Estate Services. Back with us is Brian Foster, who is the current president of the Lyle Naperville Triad, and our special guest, Marilyn, who is a snowbird. And that is what our episode is about. Really wanted to start out with you, Marilyn. Thank you for joining us. Okay. I'm happy to be here. And you're not, um, you're now in a warm climate, which is wonderful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about when you decided to um, become a snowbird and start leaving those cold Naperville, <laughs> Chicago area winters? Well, my husband, when he retired, he wanted to retire to a warm climate so that he could play golf. So we came down to Florida one month and rented for one month and we really liked it. And we liked the people that we met. So the next year we rented the same place for two months. And while we were there, the owner passed away wow. of the house that we were renting. So his son called us and said, would you like to buy it? And we said, of course. So that's how we started, and uh, we bought the house, and we were there for about 10 years, and then a new owner came in and bought the whole community. His name was Al Hoffman, and he, his father and his uncle founded Hoffman Estates in Illinois. Oh, and I know just today you were actually out golfing, right? Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> that's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. So you're an avid golfer. Is there anything else that you partake in down there, Marilyn? I, I play a lot of bridge, not this year, but um, uh, because of the COVID, we're not allowed into the clubhouse. Right. But uh, they also have bocce down here and that's fun to play. Now, Marilyn, when you decided and uh, you decided to start renting down here, which actually everything I read about becoming a snowbird says that's one of the most important things is to rent first, make sure you can assimilate into the community, which it sounds like you guys did a great job and made friends. Did you also downsize your primary residence or did you stay in your, your family home when you started to, to snowbird? Uh, we stayed in that home uh, for about 10 years. And then we decided we were spending so much time in Florida to downsize. So I've been doing this for over 30 years now. Oh my gosh, oh my lucky God. you. Brian, I know you have family that's down in Florida. Have you thought about wintering in Florida or in a warmer climate? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, my wife and I, of course, were still working up until uh, last year. Um, and we had every intent of looking for a place. My grandchildren are in uh, Celebration, Florida, wonderful area, and um, don't get to see them often, but we used to go down during the winter. You know, we'd go down in February, and we couldn't go last year, and so that was one of the first trips that got canceled, and then we kept trying to make plans and go, and, um, you know, it didn't happen, so now uh, my wife and I are looking to get south, um, there's one thing I, I disagree a little bit with is I love to play golf too, as you, as you know, but uh, um, we want to be kind of in the mountains, a little cooler air, but with the ability to reach them in a simple drive. Is that, that makes sense. We're mountain people. Um, and so we're really looking towards the smoky mountains of the Blue Ridge mountains. So 
we're heading that way trying to look. Um, it's, it's not easy to to shop right now <laughs> for a property. But that, yeah, that's our hope is to, is to do that. And we have three boys here. So we're going to want to try and hold on some way uh, with a connection here. Um, How do you stay in touch then with your family that's back in Illinois when you're gone for a couple months? Do they come to visit you or how do you keep that connection? I actually am out of town myself in Florida um, doing working remote. And I know that's the most important thing. That's my top of mind is how I stay in touch with my kids and my family and their young adults. But how do I stay in touch with them right now? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Every Sunday uh, afternoon, I Skype with my son and my grandson. Oh, that's so nice. So it's like a schedule. I yes. like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Three o'clock every Sunday afternoon. Wow. Oh, that is great. Who planned that, Marilyn? How did that start? I don't know. It just kind of evolved. Well, um, and I think that COVID, if it's done one, if there's been one benefit to COVID, it's that we have all learned to video chat, right? In mm -hmm. one way or another, most of us have adapted and that's been a big help. You know, I think especially our older clients who might not have normally done that. It's great uh, that um, everybody's mm -hmm. jumping on the bandwagon and that's going to make even even when we are together, it's going to make a big difference for everyone moving forward. It really brings us together. Right. Oh, I think you're right. Pin, pinning down my grandchildren to a, a call like that, a scheduled time would be ideal, but they're always busy. You know, there's baseball and dance and softball and even the six-year-old girls playing football of all things. So oh. you, you adjust. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, at least I think you might've brought up one of the bright sides of the pandemic and the fact that so many more seniors now are in the mode of, you know, this visual um, communication. And so maybe they aren't mm -hmm. as, as homesick um, being able to be in a, a warmer climate or, you know, their second home. I did want to um, actually ask Lisa, you know, your company, which really helps um, all of us downsize and make our moves. And what do you notice when people are thinking about a second home? What do they do about downsizing? What do they save? What do they bring? Well, honestly, in when it comes to Florida or relocating to a, a, a um, climate like that, most of the time, it seems that folks purchase their home furnished. So a lot of times they don't have to bring anything with them when they go to, to a location like that. Oh, um, it, the, the dilemma comes after, and Marilyn said this too, after 10 years, a lot of them are even sooner than that. They don't want to come back to a big house in Illinois. They decide, you know what, we don't need that much back there. We just want something little. So it comes, it's time to downsize and not just for size. I mean, minimizing the taxes and the upkeep and the lawn and, and a lot of the, just the tasks that need to be done shoveling, right? You like to just lock it up and leave. Mm -hmm. Is that what you do, Marilyn? Just lock it up and take off? Right. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm in a townhouse now. So the community takes care of the, the driveway shoveling and the cutting the lawn. So I don't have to do any of that. Well, you said you've been doing it for 30 years. So you definitely have got the right <laughs> recipe the for how to, to do it. That's for mm -hmm. sure. How mm -hmm. about friends coming to visit Marilyn? Do you have many people who maybe don't have a second home, but they want a little escape and how do you 
like not overbook with them having guests? No, I don't have any um, that want to come down here. Not this year. No. I wanted, I wanted to say too that, you know, Brian was saying about the mountains and we purchased a second home about 15 years ago in Maine, on the coast in Maine. And just because we love it, that's home to me. And that's where we would love to spend our summers. So we kind of did the reverse. Um, we go from cold to cold. If we want to visit our second home in the winter, it's just as cold as our regular home. So it doesn't make that much sense. But we knew we wanted a home that was paid off by the time we retired. So it's really all about planning. And you know, mm -hmm. what what you want in the future, whether it's the mountains or the the Northeast coast or Florida, right? If you want to golf year round, it's just, everybody's got a different taste and it doesn't, you know, we call them snowbirds, but we can, we can do it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. You bring up a good point. Brian and I talked about that a little bit just because I'm enjoying the warmer weather. Um, you know, as I'm aging, you know, the cold sometimes hurts my bones. So I'm loving this, but you know, there are people where they don't want to be in, in the heat. So um, I think you have to do what you did, Lisa, which is something that really fits your lifestyle, which, you know, is another thing I was reading about besides the fact that you should really think about what your lifestyle is, you should rent, um, you, you know, and you should definitely try it out, which it sounds like everybody is, is definitely doing, which is great. The yeah, I, I like thing. that idea a lot. I think that's our next target for us is to find a place and rent it and, and go back to Maryland's beginning and do something short term like that. I think that's where you start. That's a lot of people want a legacy. You know, they want something that their family can enjoy. And I don't know what your plans are for your place, Marilyn, but a lot of people that I talk with are like, I want our kids to be with us in the winter. And we know if we're in a warm location, that they'll bring the grandkids down and they want something that they can share that way. It's more a legacy, something they can even leave to their, to their kids, um, you know, after they're gone, that it just stays in the family and the memories are created there and they want, they want it for that reason. So everybody has a really different reason for, for getting that second home, right? Right. One of the problems, though, with my children coming down to see me is all their children have different spring breaks. They, they always come down during spring break. But um, Well, I think, Marilyn, uh, you're, you're touching on something and Brian touched on it and Lisa mm -hmm. touched on it as well, is that the, our families are all really busy. And I do think the well, the one thing about having a destination sometimes can pull them together at some point and get everybody together because it is really, really hard. Well, it has been such a good talk. I knew this would go by so fast because I think so many of us really, Marilyn, I mean, people start thinking about being a snowbird or having a second home, you know, in their 40s, their 50s. It's something that really starts to happen and evolve. And so I, I know this is going to be an important topic to a lot of people and there's so much to learn. So thank you, Marilyn and Brian, for sharing your stories and your thoughts about why this is something you would like to be um, part of your life. And it's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for all of you and um, to everybody that's watching us on Seniors Today. This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation.